Good afternoon, and welcome to episode 66 of the Deacon and Co. Show. I hope everybody had a great holiday. hope everybody enjoyed some of those terrible games that were played on Thanksgiving. Um, what more to say about disappointment on games than every single year, there's about 40 or 50 memes made about how the Detroit Lions should not be playing on Thanksgiving. Well, you know, 16-14, the Chicago Bears take that game in uh, Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. Later on in the afternoon, we had a 36-33 overtime win for the Vegas Raiders of Oakland uh, over the Dallas Cowboys, of course, in Dallas. So now that's two for two there, folks. So now let's do the trifecta, okay? I want you to notice something here. 31-6 final on the nightcap, uh, Bills over New Orleans. And uh, getting right into the quick sports update here. Because the simple fact that take a look at what you had here, and this is a pattern that always seems to happen on Thanksgiving. It happened last year, it happened this year, and uh, here you go. The road team has won every game on Thanksgiving there. How crazy is that shit? And I believe last year it was the opposite way around where the home team won all of them. So, uh, you know, turning around here and looking at it from the perspective here, uh, you got to understand something when it comes down to these crucial games uh, Thanksgiving is obviously a, a game, everybody's watching it national television, but also at the same fact, let's keep in mind that these guys just battled it out four days ago. So, can imagine the bruising and tired muscles and stamina that happened in this one. Uh, middle frame didn't seem to do uh, too bad on the point sixty nine, but for the other games, uh, 37 and 30, uh, you could see the tiredness of the toll that it takes on there, and being that it was week 12, obviously, um, <laughs> we turn around and uh, we're expecting a game and a battle because of what's at stake here with 17 games. Now, looking at this for these guys, five games remain. But bottom line comes down to a game day tomorrow, going to have some crazy events happening, uh, you know, as we all know. Uh, Got to win. Got to win these games. They're important here, um, you know, especially to kicking it off division rival Philly, Eagles going to the Giants. Pittsburgh Steelers are playing the Bengals in Cincinnati. Jets are on the road in Houston. Uh, very first game that the Houston Texans ever played in the National Football League was against the New York Jets. Just a true fact there. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks are playing the Indianapolis Colts. Atlanta Falcons, Jacksonville Jaguars, Carolina Panthers, Miami Dolphins. Tennessee Titans, New England Patriots should be a game of the day. L.A. Rams, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota, San Fran. And the late caps, L.A. Chargers are playing in Denver. Cleveland Browns and Baltimore Ravens will be game of the weekend. Seattle Seahawks and Washington Skins on Monday Night Football. On the bye, as reminded, Kansas City Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals. Tonight, inside the basketball world, 6 p.m. starts here. Timberwolves and 76ers. Then we move on later on in the evening. Knicks and the Hawks, Suns and the Nets. Heat and the Bulls. Going to be a good, good game. 12-7 and for Miami, 13-7 and for the Bulls going to be a good game. Magic and the Cleveland Cavaliers, Hornets and the Rockets, Wizards and the Mavericks, and the Jazz and the Pelicans in Salt Lake will end the evening tonight for the hoops. Then on the hockey aspect of things, we have most likely probably an early preview of Eastern Conference 
finals representatives, the Florida Panthers here. That's my prediction. I think that the Florida Panthers are going to be well, well deep into the playoffs this year, playing the Seattle Kraken at home. Sabres and the Red Wings uh, in Detroit, Canadians and Penguins, Oilers and the Golden Knights. The And that would be a rivalry starter there because those two do not like each other. Senators and Kings, Blue Jackets and Blues, Stars and Coyotes, the Predators and Avalanche, and on Hockey Night in Canada, the Winnipeg Jets are playing the Calgary Flames. Should be a good game. 12-3-5 and five for the Flames. They're off to a hot start. And, uh, sure, why not? You know, they uh, deserve it, well-coached, uh, and see what happens in the later stages of this year. Now bouncing around that, they don't have to turn around and um, play just the Canadian division, and we'll see, and that's going to test the strength of things and whatnot uh, for their schedule. Uh, once again, the Islanders, just so you guys know, uh, played three, I believe it's now three games inside of the new stadium, and they uh, still have not won a game yet. So one nothing last night, they suffered a loss to the Penguins, and I only bring that up because of the fact that you could see how big of a deal uh, this is to a team to stay healthy and to not be involved with the COVID uh, protocols, obviously getting the COVID for half the team. But during this time now, uh, and this is eight straight losses for them, how many more losses in a row can you have before you're getting reinforcements, and is it too late to make a comeback being that we are already a quarter of the way, a quarter of the season already done. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, next up tomorrow, Islanders-Rangers again at the Garden on game day. Going to be a big matchup. If the Rangers can find a way to win that game, you know, don't have to deal with these clowns again until after the new year, later on in the season. So we'll, we'll see what happens from there. Um, just a couple of uh, quick things I wanted to bring up here. A big happy birthday to uh, big band Joe our good buddy, uh, hope he's doing well. Just had some cool things happen in his life. Went over to Europe on some art uh, extravagance and uh, got picked for a show. And, I mean, so proud of him. Keep up the good work, Big Man Joe. Always here to support you from the Deacon & Co. show. Uh, last week, before I get into the craziness of what's going on tonight, and, of course, I didn't even mention that uh, today, sorry, the 27th of November, uh, we're 20 days away from the 40th anniversary show, so if anybody couldn't sense the excitement with the guests that are coming on, and another great one for you guys coming up in just a few minutes, she's anxiously awaiting here to speak with us. Um, it's a big deal. This is the biggest concert that uh, I will ever attend uh, until the 50th anniversary shows, but uh, this is a big deal. This is a really, really big deal, and uh, super grateful that I'm going to be there Super grateful that I'm going to be there with Nay, and uh, I really, uh, I wouldn't want to be there with anybody else. And I love being at concerts with my friends and uh, fans and um, making new friends and, you know, uh, crazy, crazy madness. Um, just insane, really just insane that, um, you know, this is it, 40, 40. Uh, can't say anymore, man. Really, just exciting. Um, recap from our last episode episode 65 with our buddy brad campbell and let me tell you something i, I truthfully i told brad the same thing uh there's a handful of guests and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna name them on air but I, they know who they are uh because i've mentioned it to them and i'm sure the audience does uh know who they are because it's based on the chemistry that uh the guests and i have had um 
Brad has been one of my favorite recordings to do. Such a great guy, such a pleasure to work with, and the guy is super knowledgeable. Can't wait to get uh, the miniseries going with him on the Big Four. Brad has actually got me into listening to Anthrax, because that's his boys, the boys, as he likes to call it, the boys of Thrax. Um, been listening to them a lot more, listening to a lot of Slayer, but of course, it's not going to make a difference to me of who the best band of all time is. So that debate is coming up in the upcoming uh, weeks of best top five bands of all time, because I know that it's been a popular question for the Decaholics that they've been asking me, and a lot of people, too, want to know my opinion about this. But I'm going to tell you right now, here's a spoiler. The best band that ever lived and is on this list is Metallica. And there is no doubt in my mind, and there is no questioning that Metallica is the best band. We'll get into the whole topics and uh, of the reasoning behind, and my top five will probably shock you guys. But back to the Brad situation that we had last week. Great, great guest, great, great guy, very well-spoken, and I look forward to giving you guys the news of when his podcast comes out because he's going to start a podcast, and I think rightfully that he should. The guy is just super knowledgeable about so many different things, and like I said, man, uh, anybody who can get to rock out with a concert. I mean, it was just me and Brad. Um, you guys heard in the discussion, super cool. Brad goes crazy with Justice all the time, obviously his favorite album. But uh, it really was just cool to just go somewhere and just take an uncomfortable situation for me and have somebody completely that I didn't know at the time, um, you know, there to not, I don't want to sound, you know, weird when I say this, but like, make me feel in the comfort zone that, you know, there are other fans out there that aren't, um, you know, there for the wrong reason. So we're going to get to hear what Vanessa is going to say about Louder Than Life in just a few minutes, as I mentioned. And uh, next week's guest to look forward to is something that, uh, you know, has never been done on the Deacon & Co. show. Um, it's I'm going to call this the Savetto Takeover, because next week we have returning guest, uh, metal critic Ralph, and... His wife, Sarah, coming on, and let me tell you, man, those guys were at Louder Than Life, too, and they're going to share their experiences with us, so you can hear everybody of where everybody was at different areas of the concert, because not everybody was in the same place at the same time, but we were there for the same reason, at least the guests that are speaking with me and telling you guys the story of how it was to party with Deacon, but um, that being said, tonight, 27th of November, Saturday we got the Triad Sports debut, um, the uh, concert event that Metallica is going to be doing tonight uh, during this show, and it's the Triller Fight Club debut. So I definitely go to give you guys a recap of what happens next week on episode uh, 67. But the crazy thing now is what's going to happen tonight. What more are you guys in store for us? We already have 20 days away. We got the Metallica San Francisco weekend takeover of the weekend of there. And, you know, for, for me to sit here and try to explain the feelings that I have about this, and, like, I am just sitting in my head, and I can just picture Nay and I sitting in our seats, hearing Ecstasy of Gold come on. And at this point, again, this is still inside my head. And then leading in, starting us off, bang, 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 creeping death. Here we go, 40th anniversary shows, and taking it from there, really.
along with many other surprises that will happen that night, that would be going ape shit, walking right into there. Of course, leading off with uh, Long Way to the Top, going in there, Ecstasy of Gold, Creeping Death, Unreal. Um, tonight should be fun. What they're going to do in between matches, maybe possibly turn around and, uh, you know, every other fight or every fight, it might play a song or two, and then the end main event that they're going to have at the end of the show there. Um, one last thing I wanted to bring up before I stop rambling and get Vanessa on the show, uh, Metallica Clue just partnered with Metallica and Clue to bring out Metallica Clue. So... Forty nine ninety nine. If anybody is interested at Metallica dot com, I'm pretty sure that I don't have to go and make this purchase because Christmas is coming. Or at least I would ask for this gift for Boxing Day because us Canadians celebrate. And don't forget, coming up soon, guys, the Winter Olympics here. Anybody who wants to make their uh, friendly wagers, deaconacosho at gmail.com because I'll tell you right now, this tournament doesn't even need to be played. Team Canada is going to bring home the gold. Imagine that, right? Trying to get the record button going here for you guys. I promised a guest, and yeah, here she is. I would like to welcome fellow metal critic to the show, Vanessa. How are you doing tonight, Vanessa? Hey, I'm great. Doing well. How awesome. Are you? Doing good. Thank you. Um, got a lot of exciting things. Um, now, I have many reasons why I wanted you to uh, come on the show, especially, too, because, uh, you know, you definitely are one of the uh, craziest metal fans that I know. And uh, the actual situation that we have here with what we got going on with the 40th anniversary shows coming up, I know you're going to be there. <laughs> and I know it's going to be a great show, so I definitely want to get your experiences and whatnot. Uh, but first, why don't you tell the audience just a, uh, a little bit about yourself? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, obviously, besides being a Metallica freak for half of my life, <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, I live in Brooklyn, born and raised in Long Island, been here for about five years. I work in software engineering, so um, I stare at, like, boring computer calls all day <laughs> to make the money <laughs> so I can then travel to go see Metallica. But um, I also do like traveling a lot, and that's why it's been great following around the band for the last however many years, because I like to tra- like like travel and plan um, different cities and stuff that I haven't been to around the shows. Um, so that takes up a good amount of my time. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, now, what was your entry point to Metallica, saying that you travel and stuff? I always love to hear and see people uh, traveling, especially, too, because, I mean, it's kind of like a sport. It's a passion of people <laughs> going to see. And it, you know that these events, and we'll get into what goes down at these festivals and shows in a bit, but uh, you know some of them could be a real trip. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Definitely a sport, like you said. Um, but my actual first, like my first live Metallica show actually was in Long Island at my um, hometown Coliseum, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, it's Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale. It was uh, the St. Anger tour in 2003 when they were with Godsmack, and um, that was also my entry point to Metallica in general because I was like an angsty, angry 13-year-old, and Saint Anger was actually the first album I had heard, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I am also <laughs> very angry, and this music speaks to me on some kind of visceral level. And then, you know, ever, it was like kind of a lock since then. They, um, I, when I started to realize, oh, wow, I can save up my money. This is when you still have to save up your money and like go to Tower Records and spend your allowance on actual physical CDs. Um, <laughs> I, I started to just buy everyone I could every like few weeks, and then it was a wrap. It's just been an obsession 
and like a lifelong hyper fixation since then. But um, yeah, I'm I'm happy that was my first show. I've seen them there one other time um, at the last arena uh, tour that they did. But I'd love the opportunity to see them like, you know, in our Long Island home base again. Absolutely. And and with the new stadium, I think that it's a good possibility that we might see something. But I can't say what they're going to do. You know, I just go by uh, the hope, like you as a fan, like that they're going to come back here soon. But they, I think they will, you know, once they get done with making up what they have to do next year in South America and the small Europe uh, thing, which is going to be crazy. I mean, I, I thought about it from this perspective of trying to get over there, but it's crazy because of what the travel and the world conditions are. I have, have had a couple of people actually get stuck in other countries uh, with having yeah. COVID in another country. So it's just crazy. I impulsively bought tickets to two of the European festivals. <laughs> I am going to go to the Portugal festival and the uh, the one in Madrid. And uh, I just started trying to make plans for everything for it. It was like, oof, I really, really got myself into some, uh, some deep water here. <laughs> like with the <laughs> Like the itinerary and like where to stay because I'm like I've never really as I was saying before, commute also gives me an excuse to like explore Spain and explore Portugal because I've always wanted to go to Lisbon and I've always wanted to do Madrid and like Tog is a great excuse to do that. However, um I do a lot of the like initial traveling by myself, so sometimes I forget I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to two different countries just for initially for Metallica and I'm gonna not speak the language. So I have some a lot of prep to do, which it's gonna yeah. be exciting. <laughs> that's awesome yeah the one i wanted to go to too was portugal too i said i said that to uh the boss i said i'm going to uh try to get over there but uh i don't know i think i think i'm going to do vegas uh instead of going to uh europe and then europe yeah yeah and then uh just chill out for a little bit because you know it's not it's i i loved going to see him like it was nothing to you know hop down in a car uh drive 14 hours to see him it's really nothing for me oh, yeah, nothing just, at all <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, especially to, like, you know, going, it's, it's never just a one-day thing, you know, when you, when you do these things. It's, you know, listening on the whole ride down, getting hyped up for the show, and then, like, oh, man, like, when's the next one, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we always um, plan ahead, like, uh, the, the pre-parties and whatever city we're doing the night before, um, and, you know, the night between, if, they're, if that's happening, depending on if there's two shows, like there are for most of the festivals. So yeah, it's 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 definitely fun. It's a lot of prep work, but I like doing that kind of stuff, and especially if it's Metallica related. So <laughs> it does awesome. take a lot out of you. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's super exciting, though. I hope you do have a great time when you go, and of course, I hope you stay safe too. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll see how the world is in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely. Um, now. Describe your experience, if you can, Vanessa, to the audience for Louder Than Life. And last week we had uh, a guy who I met there uh, at Louder Than Life come on, Brad Campbell. He's a really great episode um, to hear his experience and what he went through. And he was right next to me the whole time. So it was like it was a difference from where you and I were at the festival um, compared to like where him and I were. So he was like oh, right yeah. next to me. And he was yeah, he was right in there. I would have loved to hang out with you guys and your friends and, uh, you know, party with you guys too a little more. But um, what, what was the difference? Obviously, besides being a festival and a stadium show, what was the vibe that you got from the Louder Than Life Festival and then from ATL Live? Yeah, um, well, you know, besides there's a lot more moving pieces with the festival, but, like, you know, that's the pretty obvious difference. Um, I think 
uh, for me, I like camping when I go to music festivals. I personally, I went to Bonnaroo for like six, seven years in a row, drove down to Tennessee, did that whole thing because I really like the idea of like being present at where I'm seeing the music. Um, I'm getting a little too old physically, I found, for this because <laughs> Wednesday night we rolled into Louisville and I camped with some of my Metallica buddies, uh, one from Ontario, one from Wisconsin, one from Chicago. So, um, you know, I'm pulling mishmash of, of us in there and uh, we rolled into a lot of mud. So that kind of, you know, it puts a little different like spin on the situation when you're not just going to a stadium show. You have to live uh, where you're camping and then plan everything else around that. And when there's a lot of mud, <laughs> uh, it just makes things a little trickier. Um, but I will say that was my first time seeing them at a festival. It's not my favorite experience as a whole, um, the whole seeing Metallica at a festival thing. I like the idea of festivals in general, just getting as much as you can out of a day. But um, the the crowds that, you know, these festivals are not inherently just Metallica fans. So that's in itself, I think, created a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a problem for me the first night on Friday, but it was clear that these people were like maybe locals or they're fans of other bands and they were just kind of be like having a good time being drunk in the crowd and not really there for the band. And that's a very different vibe than you get when you go to the stadium shows. Um, but I think the, the thing that sticks out to me the most about this, and I think it's unique to um, the time that it happened, was that it was really the first time a lot of us were seeing them since the before time. So despite like all of the little kinks and problems and annoyances with the festival layout and format, like we were just all really happy to see each other for the first time since COVID and see the band. Um, so I feel like that kind of overpowered all the things that I was really annoyed with throughout the weekend. Um, so, but that's also why I felt okay selling my Rockville ticket <laughs> because I was like, all right, I did the festival thing. I'm going to see them in Georgia. I'm going to see them in San Francisco. I don't need to do a four day festival again just to see them when I was like, I saw everybody, not everybody, but a lot of our friends from around the country. So um, yeah, that initial, just like getting together, seeing everyone, hugging people you haven't like physically seen in like two, three years. That was really special. Um, so yeah, I guess in a nutshell, those were the, <laughs> those were the main uh, points of like, I guess why it would be different for me versus any other show that we were going to see for a while, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I can't believe you said that. And see, I, I've never, ever shrieked during a uh, episode, but I was just about to like jump out of my skin when you said that. I have been telling uh, Mrs. Deacon that <laughs> they are there for the wrong reasons. This is not Metallica. And she, she's like, no, come on, that's not, no way. And, and Vanessa, nail on the head, you hit it. Uh, thank you so much because now I got somebody else who finally sees like exactly what I'm saying. Like this, this is not the way we roll. This is not how Metallica fans operate. And never again will I be going to a festival. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys even had VIP, so you had it a little better than we did because like I was just in general mission. I wasn't even up that close to the rail, but I, I had a miserable experience just with the immediate crowd uh, behavior that Friday night. Sunday was a little better because I, I stayed a little farther back. Um, I hung out a lot near the, the Whiskey Black Intent. I think I had seen you there for a hot minute. Yeah. Just because it was a nice, like, meeting uh, like meeting ground for everyone. And um, But I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not busting my ass all day to be that close to the rail. I have one of the buddies that I have, he gets up uh, – uh, let's see. Usually at the crack of dawn, every time we go to a show, so he can get rail. He's never, I think he's only not gotten it once, and he's been to 90 shows. 
Um, but he did rail for both of the festival days. And you put your body through a lot. like, And you also miss a whole day of, like, other stuff. Um, so I had to make a decision, like, what my priorities were going to be. And my priorities were having a little fun, like, more fun and more the back of the crowd. But it just turned out those were where all the uh, drunk, like, just I'm there to be drunk at a festival types of people, you know, or the people who are like, Oh, play the old shit. I'm like, don't do that. Don't be that person. <laughs> They're talented. They've been around for a very long time. They're going to play old shit. It's like, you know. yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I, I know exactly what you mean because, um, yeah, we we um, we hadn't had a, uh, a the pleasant experience either. So I can only imagine what you went through, right? So you're over there, and I'm not trying to you know one up or anything, right? So. We're we're in the VIP, so we you pointed out that we had okay all the cool stuff in the top shelf VIP, but that was on the complete opposite side of the stage. So we went into the regular VIP, hung out over there, and everybody was so cool. They like kind of respected the social distancing thing, and it was really cool because I had a lot of space. So now, not knowing what I was walking into going into aftershock. So when we walked in there, we couldn't upgrade to the VIP. We walked over to the tent. We were online for almost an hour trying to just do that. And Ugh. we went up against, well, we were on the side of the stage. There was really no rail. There was just the stage, no barricade, or maybe like a slight barricade. And then there was all, you couldn't see anything back other than people. There was 145,000 people at this place. And it was so uncomfortable that that I know exactly what you went through because we went through it two weeks later again. Yeah, I mean, lucky enough, I had, you know, some friends around me and, you know, I'm sure you weren't completely alone by yourself, but it's still, you feel kind of alone in a crowd that big sometimes. <laughs> like Yeah, that was just me not, and they. That yeah, was it. That's <laughs> just Metallica fans. And it's also like a little bit relevant because I've been doing a lot of hyper, like, fixating on the all the stuff that happened with Astro World and the crowd. I don't know if you heard about what happened at that festival, like where the people died because of the crowd surges and stuff. Yeah. Or yeah, layouts yeah. and everything. And it's got me on this whole black hole where I've been reading about like all these terrible crowd situations and um, like most famously some like football games in, in England over the years. I'm like, why am I doing this? Oh, I guess I'm telling myself it's so that I next time I get into a terrible crowd, I'll know what to do, but I think I'm just having like a morbid fascination reading about all these terrible things right now. <laughs> yeah, but it's scary. It really scary. is. Scary, yeah. Yeah, especially too because I never seen anything like that, so it's really shocking to hear you uh, because they actually considers uh, you and I the two biggest Metallica fans that she knows, and I think you're a bigger fan than me, despite you know the tattoos and stuff like that. That means shit. I think you are a bigger <laughs> fan than me, but. Uh, Oh, no, you got to meet my friends. They they put me to shame, man. <laughs> we call them, you know, the Metallica family are a cute little pet name for each other. But I have a lot of friends who's, uh, Georgia was their 90th, uh, 95th show. And I'm just like, Pfft. like, I'll be at 15 at the end of the year. And like, some people think that's a lot. I'm like, no, you haven't met my friends. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. No, that's still, yeah, that's still a lot though. I mean, especially too, because you just said it too. You're, you're not, um, you're not seeing more than two shows in New York. So all the other shows are still, you know, you're out there, which is great. Yeah. Unless you would like to, you know, a lot of my friends had the, the black, the Romer ticket for that arena tour. So they were just traveling and seeing like a lot of shows on that tour, but you're not spending any too much time in one city. Like, you know, you pack up, you see the show, you kind of drive to the next place. And like, that's not really how I like to 
always experienced traveling, even if it is for Metallica. I like the idea of like, like even in Georgia, like the day after the show, I went to the aquarium because it was the largest aquarium in the world. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> I want to do stuff like that when I see them and not just, you know, but uh, everybody's different. Everyone's got their own different priorities and um, whatever works, you know, as long as we keep seeing the band. <laughs> Absolutely. Where were you guys uh, at ATL Live? Um, where was I staying or where? No, no. Where, where did you guys, uh, were you GA? Um, <laughs> I had VIP early entry, which was a joke. Um, that was, that pissed a lot of people off too. Cause by the time we got on the line, it was longer than the GA line. They completely oversold the, v- over, oh, sorry, oversold the VIP so that I was just like pissed off looking at the line. And I was like, I'm not doing rail for this. We're even going to get tried like close, but we did eventually get in and we were only let in maybe like 25 minutes before everybody else. Um, so I looked around and I was like, you know, the stadium's cool enough. I feel like I can have an okay view from like kind of in the middle towards the back. And um, so I wasn't anywhere up too close to the rail, but I thought the show itself was great. I liked the stadium. They had these huge, you know, like screens on the left and right side and had all these really cool circular screens on the roof. Um, But I just think the management of that was like super annoying. But it was, again, like special in the way it was like, oh, first arena show since the four times. And a lot of us were excited for that. There were, there was a little bit of, um, I don't know how to say like drama because they were uh, they had openers which were Greta Van Fleet and uh, KG Elephant which I like both those bands. However, their fan bases are a little different than Metallica's fan bases. I'm not sure how much you read about this whole situation, but um, their fan bases are like generally younger. They skew more like teenage girls who are completely obsessed with them, which is cool, fine. But uh, <laughs> yeah. these girls put all of my friends to shame. They showed up at 3 a.m. with sleeping bags to get on the rail to be the first ones there for Greta Van Fleet, who was performing first anyway. But there was a whole issue when I guess they never really like maybe had been to a concert where you have to run for the rail or experience that. But a lot of them didn't run and they didn't get rail and all the Metallic fans did. And then they felt very slighted and upset and like, I, I get it, but you know, it, it became a whole thing. And I was just like, ah, I, I think I saw a few of them online calling to get, like, right as, to get off the tour. Because, like, we don't feel safe around Metallica fans. We would just prefer for you guys to not tour with them. And I'm just like, oh, no. I was like, this is going to be a pro- They have a, a couple more shows with them coming up, too. So I'm like, ugh. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know. So that was a little different. Because usually, like, whoever opens for them, like, they have kind of a similar type of crowd, you know? Yeah. But um, so that was interesting. Uh, I think they're going to be having those openers for if you see them in Vegas. Yeah. So yeah. You, you'll you get to experience that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, for for whatever reason, I think I've seen uh, Greta Van Fleet before. But, I mean, I've also seen them with Beat. I've seen them with Alice in Chains. So, it's like I've seen them with a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for the 40th show because it's them. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty – yeah, I'm pretty um, – Determined to at least get rail for one of those shows, but awesome. Uh, we are 20 days away. Speaking of the 40th shows, what are some of your expectations from this show? Um, do you agree uh, that this is going to be the biggest show you've ever gone to? Um, I I think though that I could say that. Yeah, I mean, I did both of the S and M two shows, and those were big in a different way, just because. Like, they had the orchestra, and it was the first opening of the Chase Stadium, and it's, San Francisco was just, like, buzzing alive with, you know, 
thousands of us there for that. It felt really special, like just the city being like just owned by Metallica fans for the weekend. So <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun. If anything, maybe that it'll be even bigger than it was that time. Although I'm not sure because a lot of people still aren't traveling. Um, but I think just maybe in terms of like the set lists and what we can expect. Um, yeah, I hope so. I uh, I saw that they played Damage Inc. on Sunday at Rossville and they haven't played that song in like 30 years. So I was like, uh, are they warming it up for like the 40th anniversary shows? Um, yeah. So, we'll see. I'm kind of hoping that we're going to get the recognition because a lot of people brought it to my attention that, like, just because it's the 35th doesn't mean that it's a big number. It's not the 30th. It's not the 40th. But your 40th year uh, 40th year anniversary of the band show, it would be super cool if they did Black Album one night and Master of Puppets in its entirety. And that's kind of like what I'm banking and praying for. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if they would do the Black Album in its entirety again, since we got that a few times at the festivals already, unless they're yeah. just trying to perfect it for, I mean, I don't think, like, that would be deep enough of a cut for an album for just, just with their own fans, because, you know, like, we're going there for them. It's not like yeah. they're catering to, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I like to speculate, and then I just, sometimes I just have to turn my brain off, because I'll just sit here and, like, stare at the wall and think for way too long about it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and definitely was exciting for to hear Damage Incorporated, and uh, we'll, I, I think we're going to hear it too in December. But um, Vanessa, what is your uh, favorite album by Metallica and your favorite song by them? Uh, my favorite album has pretty consistently always been uh, Injustice for All. I remember, you know, listening to that for the first time after, uh, not too soon after discovering them in general, and it, it just uh, it really resonated with me as like an angsty angry teenager and you know i know i'm not alone here but i i'll never forget like that first you know time i heard dyer's eve and i'm like i'm sure me and you know a zillion other people out there really <laughs> connected to that song like yeah right <laughs> um but i do really love the rest of the album too like i'm i'm pretty like heavily into like like government and politics and you know the corrupt justice system and all that so that those lyrics always spoke to me even as a kid growing up like learning more about all that stuff and I was like wow there's something here that I haven't heard before <laughs> um you know and uh that's always I think that's always probably mostly been my favorite although my favorite song kind of I don't know how you are if you feel like sometimes it like changes around throughout the years like you you play some songs more heavily and like them more at certain times in your life um, I think right now I'm on a huge disposable heroes kick. I don't know why, but <laughs> I think, um, I think overall though, my favorite is always going to be no leaf clover. It's like one of those songs that I can listen to over and over again and still feel super emotional and tear up. And I could be in the shower, you know, just like having a boring ass day and I hear it and I'm like, ah, oh, it just makes me feel all like swollen up with emotions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they played that at the, um, uh, at the festival, I'm oh, yeah. sorry, at, uh, at Georgia. Um, and it's funny, all my friends turn to me at this point, too. They're like, oh, you're going to cry? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've been playing that one a lot lately. They uh, they hit all the festivals with that one and the uh, HGL Live, too. That's crazy. But, yeah, it's definitely a good one. Not the answer I expected, but I always like different <laughs> and diverse answers from the guests that come on the show. Um, well, now... You said earlier that your biggest show that you've ever attended was S&M, too. So what is your 
favorite Metallica memory. Um, and tell us a little bit about how S&M 2 was, too, after that. Yeah. Um, so I think, like I said, it felt like a very cohesive whole weekend. You know, I know there was two shows in it, and they were a little different. I was in different seats for both of them. Um, the first night, I remember when those tickets went on sale originally, I was like, holy shit, like, you know, I love the the original album so much that I was like, I don't even care um, what I get. I will just, you know, try to just jump and get whatever tickets I could. And I think it was like a nosebleed seat. And I was like, I don't care. And then they added the second show pretty soon after that. I was like, oh, go figure. So uh, me and my friend, uh, my buddy Austin, he's the, uh, actually the, like, chapter president of the New York City, like, fan cu- club. It's called New oh, York Attitude. Awesome. Yeah. Um, he and I sat pretty close to the floor. Um, not on the floor, but it was definitely better better view than the night before I had that. And I think I noticed the farther up I was in, um, up in the stadium, the less it seemed like they were actually, like, Metallica fans. It seemed like they were maybe, like, like San Francisco, like, natives or locals who just kind of wanted to come see the cool, like, metal orchestra party so I could see what everything was about. <laughs> Because a lot of them, like, weren't into it. They, they were just watching, you know. And I was like, I hate when that's happening around me when I'm really amped. People yeah. are kind of just, like, stoic and still. I'm like, ah, oh, are you having fun? Um, <laughs> but uh, the second the second night wasn't really like that. But, um, yeah, that that weekend was just really magical. They had a really fun, uh, af- uh, how do you say, free party. It was called The Night In Between because it literally was on that Saturday night at this place called The Chapel. And we are hoping that maybe they would – plan another type of pre-party event um, at that venue for uh, for when we go next. But, uh, yeah, there was just, it was great being there with everybody. Um, I I hope to see everybody, like, that was out there this time, except, you know, maybe more <laughs> people. But, again, I'm a little unsure how it's going to go with, uh, like, with all the COVID stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't – actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. I think that was my biggest Metallica show in terms of, like, significance. But physically, um, I was at a show at the Olympic Stadium in Munich. Uh, I saw them there, and uh, that would be my favorite Metallica memory because I got lost walking around the Olympic Stadium trying to find their early entrance thing, and I was by myself. I literally flew out to Germany by myself to see Metallica. And then I had a couple of people I knew from here and there who were already at the show, but, like, I was just walking around trying to use, like, the little German I taught myself to figure out where to go. And I started sweating. I got really nervous. And I was wearing my Islanders uh, Metallica shirt, the one I got at Nassau Coliseum when I saw them, which is my favorite one. And some guy just – I hear some guy being like, hey, New York. And I was like, what? And it was Matt from CID who was, like, trying to check people in. And I was like, oh, my God, you speak – English and you can help me. I'm afraid. I'm so afraid that I'm not going to be able to get in early for the early entry. And I just hear him like look at me and give me this like nod. And he's like, uh, uh, all right, I got a girl who came all the way here from New York by herself. Her name's Vanessa. We're going to get her into the snake pit. So that was my first time, actually my only time being in the snake pit. And it was all because I got lost in an Olympic stadium. And <laughs> I, made, I made so many friends like that, that night just in the pit, like just all these people who lived in. Austria and Germany, people I still talk to now. So that was really special. <laughs> That's awesome. Like that, I can only imagine like me doing that one day. Hey, Nate, listen, I'll, I'll see you in a couple of days. I'm going over to Germany to see a show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, at that point, she knows. Like, all right, uh, what am I going to say to him? Like, he, his mind's already determined. You know, it is what it is. So, but uh, 
God, I, I've been telling the audience, and, and now I finally have, you know, somebody else who's done this. All right. God, tell, can you please explain the difference of going to a Metallica concert in another country as opposed to here? I mean, it's totally it, different. It's wild. Like oh, uh, the crowd. No, yeah, the crowd. There's no people, like I mentioned before, who are kind of just standing around, you know, just like staring straight ahead like they're made of stone. Like, I think, you know, also the last few years, I don't know the numbers on this. I would have to look it up. But I think they've they played a little less over there. So whenever they do go to some of these cities or stadiums they haven't been at in a really long time. So people are just way more hyped to see them. Like we kind of got a little spoiled on arena tour, the the arena and the stadium tour that they had. Like, but a lot of these people hadn't seen them in in years or ever, and they just go ape shit. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could only imagine. And, and it's just, it's like you know, seeing them, uh, you know, from different sides, you know, especially to like of how the different parts of the world are even crazier. Because I think as cool as it is to see a show in Europe. I mean, I can only imagine what it would be to see a show in South America. Oh, my God. I Oh, my gosh. I think my brain would explode. I don't know if I, yeah, if I, I mean, can handle it. Different energy level. It, it's it's just, it's insane. Like, it, it's, ah, kick. <laughs> I see what you did there. Now, we, now we're planning the South America trip. Thanks. I know. Well, yeah, a bunch of my buddies are going to uh, at least at least two or three of them. And I thought about it, and I was just like, I don't, I don't know. I already kind of committed to this Europe situation, so, and I have a feeling they're probably going to, like, announce at least one or two more other, like, American shows. I don't know that for sure. It's just hopeful thinking in the next few months, but who knows? I'm just like, I I want to go see them in South America because I just feel like it would be absolutely bonkers, but... Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Vanessa, every uh, week I always share this story, uh, genius of the week here with the audience. So this week I got a good one for us. So I always follow a bunch of different, uh, you know, I guess posts and blogs and stuff like that. I'm sure you do as well. And uh, I follow these guys called the Associated Press, and they did something. This is a current, uh, not a current event. This happened a couple of weeks ago, but uh, they decided to post an article. Uh, that says Mississippi's literacy program shows improvement. Well, the problem is, is that Vanessa, they spelled Mississippi M-I-S-S-I-I-P-P-I-S. So your literacy program did a real good job when you can't even spell the name of the city that you live in the right way. That has to be a troll post. I can't believe that's real. They have to be joking. No, this is the same guys that also... Because uh, I read these articles, right? So these are the same guys that produce something that has breathing oxygen linked to staying alive. That was the name of the article. Oh, so they, is this the hardtimes.net? No, no, no. These guys are actually with the with Mississippi Associated Press. So if you ever get a chance to check these guys out, really, really funny guys. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I guess it's a joke. If it's a joke, you're a genius. If it's not a joke because people are ripping you, <laughs> just well, that's out right, on yeah. You know? I brought up the uh, the hard times. They're kind of like the Onion, where they like they have these headlines that are like, "Wait a minute!" And you're like, "That has to be satire, otherwise I'm gonna go like, jump <laughs> off a bridge." <laughs> yeah, I always I always look at those too because you know they draw you in to see what kind of geniuses do that. But I actually follow <laughs> these guys in a couple other places because I uh, I follow a college team there, so they um, I try to look at like what they're doing and stuff, and they get like the inside because they're not really like one of those Division two schools or you know, so it's like. They don't oh, okay. get as much press as, you know, the normal regular college teams do. Um, 
But that's going to bring us into Rapids, Vanessa. And, and so far, I mean, I, I knew that having you come on the show was going to be one of the ultimate guests when it comes to Metallica fans. Because like I said, I think you are the biggest Metallica fan that I no, know. Don't, no, no, no. Don't blow me up that much. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no. I, I'm telling you. Like Metallica. Yeah. No, I'm telling you. I, I do really feel that. But um, rapid number one here, Cliff, Jason, or Rob, who is your favorite? Ah, that's so hard. If we're being really fast, I guess Cliff. (laughs) Uh, Rob being the longest out of the three, um, I have a lot of respect for Rob, but I'm going to say Cliff, too. Um, Yeah, yeah. Rob, because, like, he's the Metallica bassist I know. He was was there when I started listening to them, so I feel a kindred spirit to that. But, you know, it's a tough one. Yes, absolutely. Here's a tougher one. Ready? I don't know. Metallica's best song. Master of Puppets, or one. one. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You think it's one? One, yeah. Okay, why? Oh, man. How much time do we have? No. Um, (laughs) I don't really know if it's fair to say best or favorite. Like, I can't – I'm probably not the type of person who's, uh, like, smart enough to sit here and tell you technically why it's a better song. I just know (laughs) – I love it a lot more. It's a lot more meaningful to me on a lot of levels, I guess. But, um, yeah, my gut just said one. So I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. We're going to mark the tally up to oh. guests who come on to say one is six right now. You just made the six tally on there. Okay. I like what's, that, what's, the, what's the master at? Uh, master is at 18 to six. Okay. <laughs> We're the minority. We're the cool minorities. <laughs> I like that stuff. Um, I say master, so it's account for like 60 something because I say it every episode. But yeah, I I love them both. They're one and two to me. And uh, if I went to a show that wasn't like a festival type of setting and I, and, uh, I didn't see one of those two songs, I would demand a refund. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Uh, last one here, Vanessa. This is the hardest one, I think, maybe out of them all. Being the Metallica fan that you are, being the Metallica fan that I am, I don't really have like a kind of answer to this. I have a cop-out answer, but Metallica's oh worst album. Lulu. Lulu. Well, does that count because it's like also Lou Reed or do we count it as a Metallica album on its own? I, I mean, I would count it together because I, I was going to say Lulu as well. That would be the only one in my eyes because for you being a point of entry for St. Anger, most people would come on and say St. Anger, but I also have learned to love St. Anger. Have most people listened to Lulu? Like, how can they say that? <laughs> I don't know, but Decaholics, if you haven't listened to Lulu, it's uh, three bucks on Metallica's website, Metallica.com. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I understand. There's, if you ever go on the Metallica subreddit, which I like to waste a lot of time on, sometimes there's always a debate, like, every few days, like, saying anger isn't so bad. I actually like it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, it's really not that bad. I think it has aged a little bit. More. Like, I am a little biased, like you said, because of the entry point thing. But I I think people who would call, a lot of fans who would call it their worst album that doesn't mean it's like you know a terrible album all all around it just means it's their least great album. <laughs> <laughs> but I get Absolutely. I get the hate for it completely. There's it's a very divisive piece of music. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Lulu is the, I I can say that that definitely in my opinion is their worst album. Um, Vanessa, what um are you involved in any type of like chapters besides like clubs and stuff like that um mostly just i'm i'm really active with a lot of the uh the other chapters from across 
like the country. So not just like the Metallica one, but I mean, sorry, the New York one. But um, there's a couple. There's one that I like. I'm pretty close with because this is actually my third show ever was in Charlotte. So I'm pretty close with all like they, they call themselves the Creeping Carolinas. Um, <laughs> That's cool. And then there's a, a bunch of them like just throughout like uh, California, Texas that I have buddies who like they are the heads of them or help start them. And um, I'm in all the Facebook groups, so I see like a lot of like hyper local stuff they do with like cover bands in the areas and like they make a lot like a lot of their own picks and and flags and stuff. So I'm always seeing that stuff and then I see them too at the shows so that's always really cool um but like other than um I guess just you know like the, the local ones to the cities that my friends are in um uh, no I don't know if I'm in anything else like that that's is that, so is that what cool. you mean yeah no no I just wanted to know like if you were if you were in any I, I got uh, invited to two of them so it's like you know I was thinking about starting my own you know like Deke Talica chapter you know, it's not like and a Long Island one or something. Yeah, I was thinking about it. You know, because I mean, I'm I'm traveling more, and you know, especially if they're not gonna, you know, if they if they're gonna be in the tri-state, obviously, then I'm gonna hit both shows, Long Island and Jersey, or New yeah. York and Jersey, where, wherever it is, are gonna be at both of them. So I might as well. I was thinking about it, trying to take, trying to take a Twitter poll, see if it's <laughs> a good idea, who bites on it. If somebody says it's stupid, or like, hey man, that's dumb, you know, like don't do it. No. It's not there's, dumb. There's there's a bunch of us too up in uh us I should say. I got a bunch of buddies who live in Providence and Massachusetts too. I actually went to see them a few times during the pandemic because they're like the closest Talca family I had that wasn't like down south or on the west coast. And they have a pretty active chapter like up in the northeast and a good way to like too. It's just a fun way to like get your name out there and get yourself more like networked with other people in making the picks. So like just coming up with a little design and like a little chapter name. Um. I just got, I'm actually looking at one of the ones I just got in Atlanta. It's from Wisconsin with Whiplash Chapter number 529. I believe my friend Josh made these. I have to double check. But um, I should keep them all in one spot, all these little picks I get from my friends, but I kind of, I don't always remember to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I definitely, uh, yeah, I definitely got to think of it. I mean, I think uh, it would be a good idea. So I I might take the uh, recommendations and run away with it. Storm. I'm sure we can come up with a cool name or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, final thoughts here on tonight's pay-per-view here live in Texas. What do you think about this whole catastrophe of playing a full concert in the middle of some boxing matches? Oh, you know, it's funny because I haven't even, I haven't even turned it on. I'm just like, is it worth me? Like, you know, wasting my evening right now to be stressed out by a pay-per-view situation. I mean, it should be. I sound like a bad fan. But I just sound like – I feel like it's not ideal. I don't really know why they're doing it. I mean, I'm sure it's money-related. But I haven't really looked too much into, like, you know, where this came about from, whose idea it was. I just know they're doing, like, a 20-minute – I think it's just, like, a 20-minute show. It's probably, like, one or two songs, if anything, right? No, they're they're doing a full concert. So what they're doing is they're having boxing fights, and it'll be, you know obviously twenty bucks catch it a little later on here because you know we still have time before it gets up there, but um, or kicks off rather. But the thing is, is, is they're doing a full concert, but it's spread out in between the matches, and then they're That's doing right. like some big finale. Like what? I, what are your what is your thought on that? I think it's dumb to be honest. I don't know. They must feel like they need to like reach out to some demographic that watches boxing like I don't know whose idea this is like um I don't really like the format of that but I guess it may it it makes sense if it was like one performance or one song yeah Um, that's what I was thinking too but a full-blown concert is going to be crazy with some type of big finale 
You know, like, I thought I heard that it was supposed to just be like a shorter performance, but now what you're saying makes sense if it's like multiple shorter performances. Because I had uh, a couple of buddies who were like, "Yeah, I'm gonna try to go see it," and then they're all like, ah, "I don't think it's worth it. Like logistically, it doesn't make any sense." So yeah, it, it, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, why? Because at first I said to myself, like, "Well, Metallica's not gonna offer to sell tickets to come see them for one show. Like right. if they did, I wouldn't go to the 40th anniversary shows because that's pretty fucked up to do to fans." Like, oh, we're going to sell you this ticket that you're going to buy to come all the way out here if you want to travel and see us to do one or two songs. Like, yeah, yeah no way. But the, the thing is, is that when I looked into this and I saw it, like, they posted it, someone else posted it, and then it's like, basically, they're trying to combine some MMA with some boxing, and they're trying to make that a new type of, of uh, fighting league called Trillium. So that's what that's each in between i guess each fighter or maybe they're going to be the entrance themes to these guys walking to the ring like who knows <laughs> oh god it sounds a little tacky to me personally yeah definitely um, crazy I, <laughs> yeah i'm not like huge in the ma i'm like i'm not anti watching that stuff but i don't even remember the last time i paid for a pay-per-view so yeah no me neither i'm only i'm only in it for metallica that's it like, i'm I not I'm enough a... money on this band like <laughs> Yeah. I don't need to do the pay-per-view. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Vanessa, thank you so much again for taking the time to chat with us today. Uh, if the audience wants to say hello to you, where can they reach you? Um, I am VCAV on Twitter, so it's V-C-A-V. You can go look at uh, all of my Metallica posts that annoy like, my normie friends, but I'm sure anyone listening <laughs> to this might like them. Um, and, yeah, that, no, thanks for having me, and uh, I'll see you uh, in San Francisco. Definitely will. Uh, guys, before we you head out there for the day. Make sure you follow me on the major social Instagram and Twitter and uh, Deacon Co Show and Deacon Co Show gmail.com if you want to leave a line. But for now, Vanessa and Deacon are out. <laughs>